Unshaken is a discipleship podcast that exists to edify and encourage all believers in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Apostle Paul writes, Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. By His divine power, Jesus has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's consider together how we might spur one another on towards love and good works. Join us as we talk about various topics, including the work of the ministry, the many joys and challenges of the Christian life, and the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus promised, will guide us into all truth. How's it, everybody? Welcome back. Good morning. Back yeah. again for another episode with uh, our podcast on Shaken. Yeah, and we are jumping right in this morning to into chapter yes. three of Dr. Erwin er- Lutzer's book, We Will Not Be Silenced. Uh, this title of this chapter is Use Diversity to Divide and Destroy. <laughs> we have a real, Ooh. it's a hot topic, um, a lot that we're going to cover in just a few pages. Mm-hmm. So be patient with us. I know um, we want to try to move through the book, but we don't want to rush. We want to be able to inform the radio listening audience with correct information uh, the best we can be balanced with um, what we share on both sides, but also to give the true perspective of what's happening so that you grab a better understanding of where we're, we're he- where we're heading as a nation yeah. and as a people. So that's the reason why we have made the decision just to do the best we can to go through this book without feeling like we have to rush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Lutzer uh, starts this chapter really hitting hard the point of uh, diversity, yep. equality. Yep. These are uh, these are hot topics today yep. in in society, uh, especially with uh, the secularists yep. and the left, uh, the left wing agenda, yep. you know, and how they're trying to redefine and insert their yep. own um, schemes and their own agendas so that they can just kind of have their way yep. with everything, right? From from economics to uh, to racial uh, issues and gender, and gender, power, yeah, all that stuff, so on and so forth. So yeah, Bob, where where do you want to? Well, you know, it's, it's gosh, off? there's so much stuff in the book. Let me just let me read something. Since we're going to talk about diversity, mm-hmm. I kind of looked up, but I'm going to share from a biblical perspective because I think that's the right to get the right uh, understanding and the right definition. So a multicultural and biblical perspective, what we do we mean by diversity? The Christian version of div- a vision of diversity is based upon two fundamental, fundamental doctrines of Holy Scripture, the unity of the human race and the universality of the Christian church. And I think that's a really good definition to bring balance. Yeah. Um, but when you read, as he shares in this book, about how they define diversity from the, from the progressive's point of view, it has nothing to do with that. Um, they use diversity as a reason for, as he says, to cause a revolution. Like he says here in the beginning of in 72 about L- Alinsky, and he says, Alinsky agreed with the leftist organization Students for Democratic Society, which affirmed the issue is never the issue, which that doesn't even make any sense. If, if there's an issue, then you deal with the issue, but because he says the issue is always the revolution. Yeah. And then he talks about, let's hear it in Saul Alinsky's own words. An organizer must stir up dissatisfaction and discontent. 
he must create a mechanism that can drain off the underlying guilt for having accepted the previous situation for so long a time. Out of this mechanism, a new community organizes, organization arises, stir up discontent, use problems, create guilt. Hmm. So is that a real, if you think about it, that's that's diversity? Using this to create uh, a unity across racial divide? Not at all. Uh, it's never about that. Like the, like you said, the issue is not the never the issue. In this sense, yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And he talks about how it's it's all about power, right? Yep. The the call for change is never really about the race or the gender economic status, but revolution and power. Yep. It's a it's a power struggle and a power grab. Yep. And that's, and, and yeah. Like he's like the last paragraph, and we and we talked about this in previous episodes about the situation with the George Floyd Floyd, uh, what happened the the Baca, which was totally totally wrong, and I I don't agree with that at all. What happened to him? But that was a premise they used to put into practice exactly what they wanted. Right. A rebel. If you wanted right. to deal with, if that was a race issue, then you don't do it in that manner. But again, it's it's to create um, divide and to use that to cause a revolution where he says, earlier I made, I made the point that the riots that ensued after the tragic murder of George Floyd by a Minnesota police officer demonstrated that for some, the issue was not race or even police brutality. The gangs who looted the stores and shouted, no justice, no peace, was sim- were simply following Saul Alinsky's dictum that race was the pretext, power was the goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true because you saw what happened across this country. The, the havoc that was that was created in multiple cities of vandalism and looting and destroying, you know, property and people's of places of business. How does that equate to bringing racial divide uh, together in unity? Not at all. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. It's it's not a feasible solution whatsoever. And and yet the the sad part about this, right, is they're they're power hungry, and so even if you give them all the power in the world, yeah. are they really going to be satisfied? No. No, yeah, not at all. It, then he goes on to say, and thousands of sincere people bowed their knee to express their solidarity against racism, probably unaware of the larger destructive agenda behind the riots. So that's yeah, that's and you saw that you saw thing. people bowing down. But to me, that was a that was a, a a position of submission to what they wanted to accomplish according to their agenda. You don't bow to stuff like that. You you stand firm. Hey, this isn't right. You want racial equality? Then you don't do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And yet, look at today. Okay, look at today. Where where is all the, the, uh, the aggression now? Not at all. Yeah. You don't see it happening at all because what what because now we see moving into place exactly what they wanted to happen, you know. So that's the reason why you don't hear nothing about BLM and Tifa, all the riots that are going on. Has anything changed with racial um, equality? Probably not a whole lot. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, so. uh, defund the police. How does that have to do with? Racial equality <laughs> it causes more, to me, it causes much more chaos yeah. when you don't have um, law enforcement to protect and to serve. That's what they're, now, are, are there bad cops? Yeah, but there's bad in every profession, doctors, lawyers, government. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's use that as an example. Right? A lot of a lot of corruption in all of those fields of profession. So you're going to lock down because of one bad apple, throw the baby out with the water. You don't do yeah. stuff like that. You just, you, you, you do change. You, you you know, you create change to have the situation become better. You know, whatever better background checks, whatever it might be. Yeah. But you don't, you don't, um, 
you know, you don't do away with everything. That's that's crazy. That's mm -hmm. nonsense to do stuff like that. I like what he has to say on the top of page 73. He talks about there was a time when race, racial reconciliation was a search for common ground, seeking yeah. understanding between the races, minimizing our differences, and focusing on our similarities and shared mm -hmm. commitments. And, you know, I, I, I jump on YouTube and some of the first videos I, I end up seeing uh, on there are like the, the Charlie Kirk um, turning point videos yes. or uh, Steven Crowder, yeah. uh, those change yeah. my mind videos. Yeah. And he's on these college campuses and and these guys are sincere. Yep. They're 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 the real deal. And what are they looking to do? Find common ground, yep. seek understanding, yep. and minimize the differences. Yep. But then you have you have these uh, these liberals who who come along and uh, they are just unwilling yep. to engage. Yep. And and how do they respond by either shouting or or getting uh, you know, verbally abusive, yep. and it's it's sad that you know nowadays it's like very hard to have these conversations yep. and, and keep it keep it civil and peaceful, yep. and, and not allow the the emotions to overtake us. And the thing, like you said, with Charlie Kirk, you know, he's extremely knowledgeable, but he also has a really fair platform. So if you have something in rebuttal to what he has to say, mm -hmm. then share the, doc, the the facts about why you don't agree with what he has to say. Right. But they don't do that because they have no facts based upon what they want to share concerning what Charlie Kirk brings out. Mm -hmm. If you notice that, especially on the college campuses, yep. where he's just trying to bring clarity as to what's going on, and I'm sharing these points with you now, share with me why you disagree and give me the facts to to back up and verify what you say as right. truth. And they and they can't. Right, they get they stumped. Can't. And so what do they do? They just... <laughs> They they let the the emotions take over and they they get yep. they get angry and they just either try to try to sh you know be be the louder yeah <laughs> you know, of the you, two you shouts the loudest win right yeah That's yeah just in the book. or or they'll just walk away and not even give them the time of day and it's yeah it's just unfortunate that that's kind of where we're at as a society yeah today. and you know it's, and it's it is disheartening to see um, a, a country as great as America when it comes to this area of diversity to look at where we're at and we're like digressing you yeah, know it's like with yeah. all that we have technology everything education supposedly the opportunity for uh, advancements in in uh, professionalism and, and business giving everybody a chance then why in this one area that we can't seem to agree mm -hmm. you know when it comes to racial equality diversity we revert to um aggression that's never the answer i mean yeah. that's never the answer to of finding common ground so that we can work together in harmony. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's, it's sad because it, it goes into almost every profession, even in the sports today. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy, you know, stuff. Even in sports, they're like really, come on. I remember the day when it was enjoyable to watch sports. Now it's like yeah. you know, you sit there and you cringe at some of the stuff mm -hmm. that goes on. I mean, even the stuff like like the latest news that broke the other day with the NFL, where every team, every franchise has to have. Uh, a diverse coach yeah. on their, you yeah. know, offensive uh, coaching staff, and it's just like, is that really how far we've, yeah, and we've gone? Yeah, and it's, and you look at that as in the name of progress. No, it's the name of pushing your agenda. Mm -hmm. In other words, we have to accept this as a approved lifestyle, whatever right. you want to say. Right. And and as as a Christian, 
you know, we're not going to bother that. I mean, yeah. It's not that we, we don't hate those people. Right. And we make that clear. We don't hate those people. We will never condone um, the practices because it's out of context with what the Bible teaches, whether you're, 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 a, you know, you're a, you're a drug addict mm-hmm. or you have a problem with porn. It doesn't matter. Those, those are unacceptable behaviors in God's eyes. Right. And so we don't compartmentalize that stuff when it comes to this other area that they're trying to really push yeah. um, us to accept and to agree with, you know, yeah. and that'll never happen. Not for yeah. me anyway. I'm and, not and going it's, to. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of neat because, all right, the, the NFL has made this ruling and most of the teams already have diversity in their coaching staff. Yep. So it's it's kind of just like, all right, what do you, what, what statement are you trying to make yep. here um, by doing this? And you know, it's it's really disconcerting. It is. You know how how you talk about the the digression, and mm-hmm. yet for us as believers, we have we have this hope. And mm-hmm. he he quotes from Revelation chapter five verse nine. We look forward oh, yeah, to yeah. the day. He says, when all will give praise to the Lamb. For you were slain, yep. and by your blood you ransomed to people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Yep. That's the ultimate ra- racial that's reconciliation right that's going to take it. place. And that's the only way you're going to have racial reconciliation, yeah. if you think about it. Yeah. But, you know, the, getting back to the point of this diversity, right, on you know, professional ranks, and have you, is they have to. I don't look at, at it as affecting the adults. I look at it as the, the children, to affect them as this is something that's normal. I mean, getting them at an early age, that's why they're trying to push this agenda in the schools to teach them this stuff. Right, and It's right. okay. Of course, the parents, we know we're going to stand up against that stuff because we know it's not okay mm-hmm. uh, to teach things to me that are really out of context when it comes to education. Yeah. That's not education at all. That's indoctrination. Yeah. That's what they're doing. So well, I'm not, we're not going to stand for that. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I got kids that have children, if that ever becomes a situation, I know my kids will, they'll pull them out of school. Yeah. They'll homeschool yeah. them. They will not allow them to be, to conditioned. be exactly, yeah. or to be exposed to that kind of stuff, which yeah. is, which is very cross. You're crossing a lot of pornography is what you're doing. Yeah. The stuff they're trying to teach, but the educators on the progressive liberal and they'll, they'll say, that's not pro- pornography. We're just trying to educate, educate them all the way through when it comes to, you know, sexual behavior. Well, that's not your place to teach that stuff. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's the adults, parents, the children, parents of the children, not you. You may teach them about reproduction, mm-hmm. which we learned in school, right? But not that stuff. That That's not acceptable um, education for my kids or my grandkids to be taught in school. Yeah. You know, that ain't gonna, that's not going to happen. Yeah. We know so we, that. We, uh, we hosted a, a, oh, a, a yeah. movie on, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, great documentary very informational and they you know they cite their sources yep. and and these are coming from firsthand uh victims witnesses yep. teachers who are in the public school system and they're having to teach this curriculum yeah. to to children and so the, the name of the documentary is called whose children are they yep uh and if you ever have the chance to uh to go and yep. watch it um highly recommend it's it's yeah. it's really eye-opening yeah. It's sad, but you know we we can be the difference. Yeah, my wife saw it because she is an educator. I didn't yeah. see it because I was preparing for a Sunday night. Yeah. I wish I would have seen it now. But my wife said it was very very well done. Yeah, good documentation, but very informative, and that parents need to see this so they understand where we're headed to. You know, and yeah. it's, so I'm hopefully we'll get a chance to see it again. I, yeah. or, or I can view yeah. it. I want to definitely want to see it. Yeah. But anyway, going going on, I like what you said there. But right under that paragraph, 
he goes, God loves diversity, especially when it is brought together in, into a mosaic of unity in Christ. Racial and ethnic animosity is sinful and denies the inherent dignity of all persons, and it is particularly sinful within the body of Christ. We as Christians should be on the forefront of giving leadership to unity in the midst of diversity, and we should work toward love and acceptance rather than racial division and suspicion. So here's, like here's, here's the common ground right yeah. here, acknowledging the fact that, you know what, there are racial and ethnic animosities. They do exist. Yes, We're not going to say that they don't. Uh, and 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 we we see them and we view that mm-hmm. those things as sinful, um, denying like you said the inherent dignity of of people, and it's sinful especially within the within the church within the body of yeah. Christ believers who who know God's word yeah, and I mean, are and are failing to act on it, um, and uh, yeah like like he says here we should be on the forefront yep. we should be pioneering. Uh, these these movements giving leadership to unity uh, yep. in the midst of the diversity. Yeah, we we can't as a church, you know, um, especially you know we're we're pastors, so we understand, and we're grateful for the, the you know the balanced teaching that we get through our ministry. Yeah, but you can't have your own agenda when it comes to this kind of stuff here that he's talking about. I just wrote down the the, the scripture text Galatians three twenty eight where Paul writes, "There is neither Jew nor Greek." There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's that's it, you know. And I look at America in this country. I, to me, the the only saving grace to bring the you know diversity and ethnic equality amongst all races is really based upon uh, Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's that's the common ground. Um, but yet we have moved. You know, our our system has moved God out of everything. Yeah. And. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to just look back and figure out, you know, 40, 50 years ago, what made America such a respected and great nation because we respected God. Yeah. I mean, I I can speak from experience because I was back in that era, like I was shared before, you know, prayer in school, um, saying the Pledge of Allegiance every day, something that was just protocol we did. There was a respect that we had for life, for other people. Mm -hmm. And that's because of the fact that we, we believe in God. We had a government that respected God, you know, Ronald Reagan, you know, mm-hmm. was, there you go, mm-hmm. right back then. So, but now, you know, even in the, you go to Washington, D.C., you see biblical uh, evidence of it all over the place right. of our heritage, right. but they don't, they don't ever um, work upon that or, or they don't ever agree upon our heritage as a country as being a Judeo-Christian nation, mm-hmm. which is, to me, it's disheartening when you think about that, you know. What I've appreciated about, um, being born and raised here, growing up, mm-hmm. uh, my time here in Hawaii is that it's always pretty much been, for the most part, a, a well diverse mm-hmm. state. Yes, um, a big melting pot, if you will, too. Yeah. People just sure. made up of all kinds of mixed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, ethnicities, and for the church and for ours in, in particular, mm-hmm. it's it's not something that we necessarily have to work at. Because it just sort of comes automatically mm-hmm. with with the territory, sure. but you know, you know, you spent some time in um, California and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. How do you? How would you um, describe those journeys as far as um, fostering a, a diverse fellowship? Yeah, where where the 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 demographic is a lot different, yeah. right? Yeah, in California, I didn't have a lot of issues with that area of, of, you know, ethnic divide. 
because the, the, you may not have the diversity of, of different um, ethnic groups there. Yeah. But you, you know, I grew up in like I was telling you, an African American community as a kid. I grew up in a Hispanic community um, in my teens and young adult. But I but I was around all kinds of different ethnic groups. Um, my Nick's my neighbor across the street were Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CSEPs, I played basketball with them. Mm-hmm. Arnold was my good friend next door neighbor to me. The Napolitanos Italians. So there was a real mix of diversity in my neighborhood, and we all got along. We never looked at our our race as a as a situation to have an attitude yeah. against one another. Um, moving to Kentucky, a little bit different because it is a black and white state. Like you said, the Bible Belt, but Warren Worsby said over the years that, that part of the country has become more Bible than Belt, meaning they just tighten up the belt and that's it. Mm-hmm. So there is no looking back as to having a... Pre, uh, a pretense of why um, keeping things biblical relevant, especially a part of a country in that area that experienced the Great Awakenings, the Great Revivals, you know, yeah. Jonathan uh, Edwards and all that kind of stuff. And yet, it's 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 kind of you know frustrating that you see the 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 um, prejudice and that is still there in that part of the country. Mm. Part of it's ignorance because they're not educated about different uh, cultures, especially when you go east in Kentucky. And I don't blame them. It's just the fact that it's very impoverished, and they don't have a lot of ethnic diversity in that part of, of Kentucky, the state. For me, being a married, married to an African-American uh, gal, so going to Kentucky, it broke down a lot of barriers with our church congregation. We probably, for the size of our church, we are probably the most diverse church in the state, in, in, in Lexington. Wow. Because of, I think, I'm being Japanese, my wife being uh, African-American Italian, and my kids looking like who shot Louie, you know, you know it's different. But we had we had Puerto Ricans in the church, we had African Americans in the church, we had whites in the, I mean, a very good mixture mm. within our church, which which was healthy. I had a Yugoslavian in our church, oh. um, or I'm sorry, Romanian in the church. Um, so it was good to see that mixture, and we all got along. And that's one thing about having a small church; you can have that sense of family. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and it was and that was really really neat to have. So. I never really, and I've never have, you know, looked at um, issues with ethnicity because mm. that's just not how I was raised. I was brought up because yeah. I was around it so much, so I don't. I didn't have a problem. Now, experiencing it was different because then you had to get used to it. But over time, being in Kentucky for almost twelve years, um, that old saying, uh, "Southern hospitality." Once they got to know you, it was a different story. I mean, it was it was great. I love Kentucky. There's a lot, a big part of it I do miss, and that is that hospitality that is there mm. once they get to know you. But again, different parts of the state, yeah, I couldn't go simply because of my ethnicity, mm. not because um, I was Japanese, because they never seen uh, my minor, my my ethnicity in that part of the country, not used to it. Mm. So that's why I never ventured really far into Eastern Kentucky. I've yeah, been there, yeah, but I yeah. just, you know, I'm out, of, out of advice from people that live there just told me, I'm just going to tell you, you know, if you go there, whatever, you may end up getting into an altercation, not because of who, because of the fact they've never seen an Oriental. Mm. And so um, that's the reason why I kind of used wisdom and, you know, didn't want to go in and get in a fight with anybody. So, but yeah, never, never was a problem for me, you know, yeah. uh, but it is different. You know, how I, it's great here. It is a melting pot yeah. of different uh, ethnic groups here, which is beautiful. You have the you know so many mixed uh, uh, bag here. Same in New York. I love New York for the same mm. reason. Mm-mm. Such a melting pot of different cultures and ethnic groups that are there, and that's beauty. That's the beautiful aspect of when you see that of God's handprints on everything, 
and how he brings everything together as one. And so, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a neat thing. Right on. All righty. All right, moving on to, uh, is that page 74? Okay. Uh, Let's see. Though communism, he writes, has failed in every country in which it has been instituted, the Marxist vision of a society in which all men and women are by law forced to be equal, mm-hmm. quote equal, yeah. hasn't died. In America, this has been rebranded as social, du- social justice and political correctness. Mm-hmm. We can even add the words diversity and equality. These terms have been pressed into service to ensure that conflict between the races will continue without any hope of meaningful reconciliation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just I just keep thinking about how when these when these words and phrases get thrown around all the time nonstop, yeah. Yeah. how can you expect there to be reconciliation? Yeah. How can yeah. you you know expect racism to go away when you keep yeah. using the word? And the thing about that kind of bothers me is when you bring up like you said the word social justice, political correctness, diversity, equality, it's when they talk about that, it's almost with a a voice of anger. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. You talk, oh, yeah. It's like they're like anger. And like that's how you resolve stuff is have this anger, aggressive attitude. I go, that's never, it never resolves anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just in common everyday life. You, you talk like that to your spouse, it's not going to resolve anything. You talk like that at your job with an employer and employee, mm-hmm. you're going to have an altercation. It, it just doesn't resolve anything. But I guess, like you, they said, the louder you yell, you the, the, you win. And so if you can you know, express your anger or your, your dissatisfaction by aggressiveness, whether it's social justice or political correctness, diversity, equality, then they, I guess they think they're getting the point across. But to me, it's like it's counterproductive. Yeah. It, it, yeah, doesn't, it, doesn't, really it doesn't resolve anything. Um, the Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. And even if that's a biblical um, concept, that's really a social concept if you think about it, a secular concept. If you're married and you're not and you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter. You don't speak aggressively to your spouse. You speak truth. You, you share love. Right. You came together in love. Right. So why would you use aggression to try to get your point across? Yeah. So, but I guess you se- you separate stuff to make a point. Yeah. Like going back up. Let me share just where you went there. So some yeah, politicians yeah. are driven not by reason and civility but by ego and slogans. Another key reason for the growing racial divide is due to the widespread acceptance of cultural Marxism, which encourages racial division, not unity. Thus, the aggression when it comes to social justice. Thus, the aggressiveness when it comes to political correctness. Thus, the aggressiveness when it comes to diversity, equality. We're going to get our point across, but we're going to do it our way. Yeah. Well, no, that's not going to resolve anything, but they think it is. And again, you can see that played out uh, a year and a half ago across our country. Mm -hmm. The anger... That they want, we know we want social justice, so defund the police. Yeah. The chanting, oh, all, yeah, that, all, yeah, all of that, all that stuff. And like, so that resolved anything. So we come in, you go across the country, destroy property, destroy businesses that has to be rebuilt by billions of dollars. So tell me how that resolves anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't make any sense to me. But again, um, you know, we're, we see things from a very different place. You know what I'm saying? And I guess Satan's got such blinders on these people's eyes. And he's doing a good job to keeping mm-hmm. them from understanding the truth. Yeah. That's what we see today. Yeah. And being unwilling to to humble themselves yep. and to engage in in conversation. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, with, without yeah, without getting 
aggressive and, yep. and heated. Um, he goes on to say, we live in what is known as the quote-unquote woke generation. <laughs> and, you know, that can be interpreted uh, one of two ways. For some, that's a positive term, mm-hmm. right? That means you are enlightened and you understand how history, racism, and economics all merge to explain the injustice injustices of our society. For others, it means you see layers of oppression almost everywhere, even in rigorously mm-hmm. scientific disciplines such as mathematics, and therefore the injustice and oppression abound. And yeah, you you're either you know on one side or the other. Yeah. It, this is not a this is a very you know lack of better words black or white yeah. issue. It's not um, it's, there, there's no in between. Uh, you can't straddle the the fence on this yeah. one or the line. Yeah, and the woke the woke generation. I mean, there there is some good because it does bring out a lot of um, understanding about the stuff you just shared um, about race, history, so on and so forth. But the, the the concern I have is with the the millennial, the younger generation. But they use this as a means for rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, not for uh, bringing reconciliation. It's Great for point. rebellion. Yeah. And so again. Um, I don't have a problem with the woke generation if it's used in, in a proper context that benefits across the, the mm-hmm. whole. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It's like taking a piece of the pie um, and you cut it out, you know, or, or a puzzle. You move the pieces. Unless you have the, the, the pieces of the puzzle, it doesn't make any sense to put the puzzle together if you got parts missing. Yeah. And that's the woke generation. It's, it's about using this stuff to create rebellion. Yep. And not not causing understanding to bring together yeah. unity. And and they'll they'll redefine what is completely objective. Yep. Oh yeah, that's a you good know, point. Yep. Like, yep. like he said, yeah, such as mathematics. Like we're not we're not very far off from from kids being in school, you get an equation wrong, like one plus one equals two, yep. and then they'll say, Wow, you gave me a zero because I'm black. <laughs> yeah. You know, or you gave me yeah. a zero why? Because yeah. I identify a certain way. Yep. And and they and that's where they will claim this is all systemic, that there are layers of oppression. Almost everywhere, and it's like, come on, guys! Like, so I'm saying, I'm so there. You know, everything's yeah. moving. Whether it's the woke generation, you know, critical race theory, mm-hmm. it's all moving to the agenda that, um, with when it comes to the Marxist mentality of of, uh, of what we're moving as a culture. Yeah, you know, yeah. cultural Marxism. So that's all part of the package wrapped up in that thinking that we're going to bring equality under this premise of leadership and rule. Well, you're so greatly deceived because. In the bottom line, the end, nobody is equal. Mm-hmm. Equal in the sense of you having liberty and freedom. Yeah, that's stripped away from you. Yeah, they use the word "we're going to bring everybody, make everybody equal," but under what premise? You have no exactly. liberty and freedom. Yeah. So they don't they don't tell you that. They don't tell you that. They don't <laughs> tell you. So all they got to do is look back at past history. Mm-hmm. Look at countries that have been up under suppression of Marxism and socialism. You want to do work. a good you want to do a good free, read? Go look at the country of Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And Turkey, which was under 500 years of Marxist rule, and see the oppression that those people went through yeah. and the poverty. It was when the Berlin Walls came down under the Reagan administration that liberated Turkey and Bulgaria from Marxist oppression. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, but nobody wants to do their history. Yeah. Do your homework, and you think that's the right way to be to govern? Do do this. Move to a country temporarily that's under that type of rule and and, and yeah. see how life is like so one, think, yeah. one of the women on this documentary right mm-hmm. she 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 was sharing her story she grew up under the mao regime in china mm-hmm. and she could say i've been there i've done yeah. that there you go i know what that's like yep. you guys don't want that no 
And, um, you know, it's just crazy. It's crazy that um, the de- the amount of deception. Yep. And, yeah, that's, that's just exactly what it is. I, I couldn't put it any better than yeah, that. Yeah, and that's why I think you look at what's happening today. They're, they're feeding and fueling what our, our younger generation with this stuff because they know that they are so... Um, they gravitate to just hearing what they hear and not examining this, whether or not there's any validity behind what is being said. Yeah. And so they get behind the eight ball and everybody is on board. So it must be okay. It must be correct. But we know the important thing is to make sure that you do your research, that the stuff that is being shared with us is going to benefit everybody as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, and, but yet, you know, we, they don't do that kind of stuff. So thus they are very, very limited and narrow minded in their understanding of what's going on. Within our culture today and within our country today. Um, so this next section, uh, really good stuff. The many faces yes. of mm-hmm. equality. Uh, let me just read this real quickly. Sure. He says, a good starting point is this oft-quoted text written by Thomas Jefferson in the preamble to the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Abraham Lincoln echoed these words in his famous Gettysburg Address, saying that this nation was conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Mm -hmm. All human beings are created with equal value before God and are entitled to three things, right? Life, Mm -hmm. liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Some, however, tell us that equality means we should (laughs) seek equality in all aspects, aspects of life and use persuasion, laws, intimidation, and shaming to bring it about. But neither Jeff- Jefferson nor Lincoln stated that everyone was expected to be equal in ability, education, mm-hmm. opportunity, income, etc. They believed in equality with regard to God-given rights, namely life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Equality in value before God, yes. Equality of gifts, ingenuity, intellect, intelligence, and income, no. Yeah, yeah, and that's well stated by um, Dr. Lutzer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not all equal in the things that he shared here, whether it be education or other things. We're not. We're, we're different. But equality in God's eyes, we stand on the same premise with him that every person is given the opportunity, like you said, life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. That's equality across the board. Yes. When you name, when you said the end, uh, equality and value before God, yes, because God's has a lot, he puts a lot of emphasis on that aspect, yeah. the value of life, but gifts, ingenuity, intelligence, income, no, because when you, what do you read, say, say right there, that is the premise of cultural Marxism, mm. equality of gifts, in other words, they strip you, whatever you have a gift or not, you're stripped of that, whether you have ingenuity, you're stripped of that, whether you have intelligence, they're going to use you for the benefit of the government and income, you're stripped of that, because we're going to make everybody on the same uh, plain, equal ground. Yeah, that's what cultural Marxism is, and that's yeah. why you see the handouts, all the the monetary handouts. We're gonna we're gonna support you. We're gonna help you. Of course, in the beginning, that's very very wow. This is great, but the underlying premise is that if that is something that is going to be the government doing all the time, guess what? You have no va- rights to say or do whatever you want to do because mm-hmm. everybody's brought under the, the equal plane uh, under Marxism. Yeah. And nobody benefits. Again, what happens when you run out of money? Where do you get the money from? <laughs> yeah. Because they say what? They're gonna, they say that it's the rich that has created poverty. 
Remember early on the book? Yeah. He says, yep. riches created poverty. So what we're going to do, we're going to take from the rich and, and, and spread it equally amongst all facets yep. of, yep. of races, of the people. Yeah. Lower class, middle class. Everybody's the same. Yeah. Oh, it sounds great until you run out of money. <laughs> then where are you going to get the money from? What happens at that point now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So again, they don't tell you all that kind of stuff. Never brought out. And I think about too, like the uh, the black community, uh, African Americans who still claim that they are being oppressed and mm -hmm. they are not given uh, this equality. Um, you know, I I personally I look at them. I look at I look at the black community mm -hmm. and I see them as very special and very unique. Sure. I yeah. I I personally tend to think that God created. Uh, at the African Americans uh, to to strive and to just excel in entertainment, and they do, and and that's what they do. They do well. I mean, I'm not saying that they can't do other things, but I I, I just look all around me in the entertainment industry when it comes to um, Hollywood and acting, mm -hmm. or maybe it's um, you know the guys mm -hmm. in in the music industry and mm -hmm. in comedy to. Uh, to athletics and mm -hmm. pro pro sports, sure. Uh, African Americans thrive in that, and and because of that, they they're rewarded with high high paying salaries. I uh, mean, yeah, and you look maybe at not um, all of them, but yeah. you know, a good amount. And look at Ben Carson, you know, his background upbringing. He became a brain surgeon, yeah, um, because he put himself in that position to excel because right. he had a really not great upbringing. You know, I think it was brought up by a single single mom, mm -hmm. but he made the most out of his opportunities. Um, are there, you know, uh, oppression against the African-American community? Yeah, sure. there is, there is. But we see it now against the Asian community. Yeah. The, the un, you know, warranted uh, Asians being attacked and knocked down and even killed, you know. Um, so it's across all racial divides. Yeah. We see more of it now. And I'm not saying that there hasn't been injustices done to the African-American uh, people, they, it has been. I mean, I know. I grew up in L.A. My wife's African American, and you you see it. And for some reason, I think some people just have a just have an animosity, just like may, many people today have an animosity or anti-Semitic against the Jews, um, just because of their ethnic background, their, mm. who they are. Same with the African American as well, and it's 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 there. I'm not justifying that, but. Equally, they have been given a whole lot of opportunity to excel, and Absolutely. they have, and they have, they take advantage of. It. I mean, yeah. you Tough see question. it all over. I mean, they predominantly they're predominant sports, and they're very talented. Yeah, many of them are very talented, and I appreciate what they bring to that area of professionalism. Mm -hmm. It's enjoyable, but the problem that I see is that you have a certain facet of our of our society that wants to magnify on one situation. And make it a an entity for everything, and it's not true. Yeah. And now again, I'm not I'm not justifying it at all, but highlight all the good that they bring to the table. They yeah. never they never bring that out. Yeah. Um, whether it's law enforcement or athletics, African Americans, they do a lot of good, and they don't ever bring that out of, of the good to live under the community to highlight the positivity of what they bring to the table um, with what they do. It's always the negative stuff, which is how is how is that enlightening. How does that encourage? How does that bring um, equal or, or, or racial harmony? Of course, if you highlight junk and crap all the time, it's part of my language, but yeah, yeah then you're going to get angry. You're yep. going to get upset. Like, you know, you see 
like with the, the, the Asians being attacked. You see it all the time. Yeah. It's true that angers me. I'm an Asian. It angers me. But bring stuff of, of that's positive yeah. that they've contributed to the community. That, other than just the negative. But you don't see that hardly at all anymore. Yeah. They never highlight the, the good stuff, the positive mm. that the ethnic groups are bringing to society to make it better. Mm. They always highlight stuff that is negative. And again, is that a deliberate? You know, sometimes I wonder. Is it deliberate mm. to just keep oppressing, oppressing um, mm. the situation more and more? You, you got to ask yourself the question, is that really? Is yeah. that what, what they're doing? I don't know. Yeah. That's just my take. That, that would be a really neat idea uh, as a potential solution to, to bring people together is to create some sort of news outlet that yes. just highlights all the good things that are happening, not in just one particular race, but no. in, in all these all mul- races, you know, multiple. All the way across. Yeah, yes. all across the board, because there's an, good there, things there, there happening. There you go. There's an idea. Maybe for one of the future podcasts. We'll create podcast. a new show. We'll create a new show. <laughs> all right. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and uh, he goes on to say, too, unfortunately, this word equality now uh, as part of their agenda, right, is mm-hmm. being applied to every social cause imaginable. We have marriage equality, same-sex marriage, economic equality, socialism, reproductive equality, <laughs> abortion, yeah. and healthcare equality, free socialized healthcare, gender equality, legal protection for trans persons, and the, p- the positive goal of racial equality, which must, however, be carefully defined. Yep. Um, you know, equality for everything, and that's not... It's just not how it works. That's not the definition of yeah. what equality uh, means. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they have made it that way simply because we, they, to me, they want to push the agenda to, for us to accept all things to where you and I, as believers, find not acceptable because yeah. that doesn't define equality. That's not the definition of equality at all. Mm-hmm. But that's how it's being defined today yeah. by what they're doing. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. He says at the bottom of page 75, uh, Mm -hmm. let me repeat, that God created all men and women in his image, and therefore they are equal in value. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in Scripture, men and women have distinct places and roles Mm -hmm. in the world. Yes. And this is is literally Theology 101, talking about uh, how God created and designed yep. he created us equal in essence yep. we see that yep. uh, right from the from the get-go in genesis and although uh you know we're created in equal in essence there is there are differences right yep. we have distinct functions and roles yep. that we that we are to carry out in in our world and the problem with that i think is many will look at it as well why can't we be the same why can't we do, you know, what the other, um, what the other male or you know female yeah. does? Well, God, you know, the, the 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 bottom line is God created and made a distinction because He wanted order. Yeah, He wanted order. Yeah. So in marriage, you know, like you said, in essence, we're equal in God's eyes, but there has to be an order in order for the relationship to function properly, mm-hmm. whether whether you're a Christian or not. The husband's given the responsibility. He's the head of the home. You know, that doesn't mean he's a he's a tyrant in the home, but that he's given the responsibility to initiate um, the marriage with the wife coming alongside to be that helper. Yeah, That's just part of the process, and that's how God created it. That doesn't mean she doesn't have an equal say. Her, val- her opinions are not valued. Much so it, they are, and they should be. But the bottom line is you have to have somebody to lead. It's, you can't have... 
two people leading, you're going to be butt, butting heads all the time. Right. It's going to be an unnatural relationship when that happens. It's yeah. like going to a circus and seeing a two-headed snake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, that's not normal, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't have both husband and wife leading the marriage because you're not going to be seeing things equally eye to eye. Yeah. Husband leads, the wife supports that, but she's valued very much within the cons- confines and the construction of that marriage relationship. It's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And when it's running that way, when it, and when it, when it's and when it's happening that way, then you have a healthy marriage. Yep. Your marriage is going to be healthy. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be healthy. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we uh, we close this uh, episode yep. today, and uh, just thinking about God's God's goodness. You know, yeah. His His ways are higher than ours, yep. and thank His God ways are are perfect. <laughs> thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. So as we remain grounded in in His word and in His promises, um, I'm reminded of just that that yep. He is faithful, and He He knows what He's doing. Yeah. Even when we're not, he still remains faithful. Yeah. Which is the beauty of, of knowing God. Even though we may mess up, uh, trip up, but he's always there to pick us up and come on, let's get going. Yeah. And like you said, he remains faithful. He knows what he's doing. And he, imp- the thing about it, he just empowers us to yeah. enjoy um, life the way it's to be enjoyed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not yeah. feel stressed out, but to enjoy the, his purpose and the plan he has for us. And it's fun when you are walking in the will of God. It's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. It's good stuff. Right on. You want to pray for us? Sure, let's pray. Father, we thank you again, concluding another episode in this wonderful book, uh, We Will Not Be Silenced. We ask and pray, Father, that you open the hearts of the radio listening audience, that they are learning and understanding um, what is going on culturally, environmentally, politically, economically, spiritually within our country. We live in the greatest country in the world, and so we need to pray for change in America. Father, we ask that you watch over us as we are moving into a very busy time now, as we are looking at uh, Easter Sunday, the uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ, another really phenomenal event in all of human history. So Lord, may you guide us and direct us, uh, be with the radio listening audience again. We would love to hear from them. So Lord, we ask and pray that you continue to bless this podcast. We are so grateful that we get an opportunity to do this, and we're in our third season. I can't believe it already, third, third season. But we ask that you would use it, that you would be glorified and honored in everything that is said, everything that is done. We give you all the glory, Father. We thank you so very much that we can do this as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All righty. God bless you God bless you. Shaka bra. No.